Misread is a book podcast where we review books, discuss topics, and provide social commentary on what's happening today. break our christmas break yes we'll be away for the holidays and we'll be back in january yep but we thought it would be really cool to wrap up the year in terms of our favorite books our favorite moments of the year yeah even those unrelated to reading what happened in pop culture your favorite music this year favorite movie that's a lot yeah, lot to cover. <laughs> yeah, so much to cover. The first, I think my first question would be, what are you leaving in 2018? What do you not want to see again in 2019? That's like such a deep question to start the podcast off with. Like, it could be lighthearted. It could be like, okay, one of the first things I was thinking about day to day, I went shopping and I was looking and I really hate bodysuits. Do you like bodysuits? I love bodysuits. <laughs> They're so... I understand the look. I'm for the look. But the whole when I go to the bathroom thing about like that having to like... It's so annoying. So I say let's ban the freaking bodysuits. But it's one thing to wear. Like you don't even have to think about the outfit really. It's just one whole thing. Yes. It's uncomfortable when you go to the bathroom. It is very uncomfortable. Because you're like naked, completely shivering. Okay. <laughs> like some of them you really have to like, gosh, I gotta undress here. Like it's true. So I'm leaving I'm personally leaving bodysuits behind in twenty nineteen. I don't need you. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what am I leaving behind? I feel like I didn't even like think of anything really. No. Um what trivial thing am I leaving in twenty nineteen, I guess? I don't know. I'm leaving behind Kanye West. I think we left him in like <laughs> 2000 and... Uh... 2018 sealed the deal. We were like, Kanye, no, that's it, brother. That's it. We're not giving you any more passes. We're through. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm over? Mm-hmm. I'm so over like body shaming. Oh, I'm yeah. so over body shaming. Like when you go on like different sites and like... and. What I mean by that is when you see models and then women are constantly even attacking like the models like oh why isn't she like heavier yeah. and then it's like but then they'll have a heavier model and it's like well why is she not slimmer or mm-hmm. this doesn't fit my body I'm so over body shaming whether or not it's from big to small or yeah. small to big yeah just love your body I agree hundred percent work on your own bodies however you want your body to look mm-hmm. but we need to. Stop with the body shaming. I hate Stop that. telling people what beautiful is and how yes. they should look. I agree. Like, nobody has that yeah. authority. And I'm totally over black people um, in con- colored contacts. Why? I'm so over that. Okay, disclaimer. I've discovered colored contacts and they're so fun. <laughs> no, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Like, so what do you do? Like, you you wear the color to match your outfit one day? Like, I don't, I don't like it. It just looks strange. I don't know. I, think I look at it as an accessory. I don't have I don't have the color contacts because I wear glasses. So right. when I wear contact lenses, I have a prescription. So my prescriptions are clear contacts. So when I do have like uh, I don't know brown or green contact lenses, they're not prescription. So I can't really wear them out. True. <laughs> I have to wear them with my glasses. So there's no point really. But they're so cool. I don't know. And you know what? I I'll extend that from not just black people to people of color. Okay, you don't think it, it looks realistic or it's not even that it doesn't look realistic. Maybe there's maybe there's some that I've seen and I actually thought it was the person's real eye color, so it didn't bother me. Yeah. But when I can tell, mm. then whatever contact you're getting from the dollar store, it just looks so phony and like it doesn't really look like it could be because I'm very aware that people of many different races, including black, I have it in my family, yeah. have different color eyes, yeah. right? So it's not so much the whole like, oh, the Eurocent, it has nothing to do with that. I get mm-hmm. it. Black people have different color eyes, so do other races. But it's just when it looks so fake. <laughs> I don't know. It just, I don't know. It just bothers me. Like, like, can you see me? Like, I just feel like 
It feels like there's a barrier between me, you, and those eyes. Okay. It's just this, I don't know. I can't describe it. Am I being ridiculous? No, I think it's, I think, I think it's fine. I've know? never seen you wear them though. No. I've never seen you wear colored contacts. I'm pretty sure I've worn them at least one. They, the first time I discovered them, I would not let it go. I wore them every day. I was like, this is so cool. Like, I love it. Like, it just gives you a different look. So that's what I like. I look at it as an accessory. Okay, fair like, enough. It's not necessarily like... It's not It's not serious. It's really not serious. Oh, yeah. I like, guess I that's how I feel about weave. That's how you feel about weave? Yeah, like it's an accessory, like weave. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people mm-hmm. will say the same thing, like, oh, weave, mm-hmm. love your natural hair. But for me, it's not a matter of, like, self-hatred. It's just a matter no. of, it's an accessory. It's just like if I was to wear my hair in a ponytail or, you know. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's how you feel about contacts, how I feel about weave. There you go. Fair enough. There you go. That's okay. Okay, we came to Common Ground. Mm-hmm. Favorite movie? <laughs> I go to the movies so often that I don't remember anything I ever watch. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I know. That's (laughs) weird. I know. One should stick out. What's one movie that sticked out since 2018? Yeah. come out? Well, mine is Black Panther. That was 2018? Yeah. That was... It It was so long ago. It came out so long. It came out in February. And I feel like it's because we were waiting on that movie for so long. But it came out this year. It came out in February. So that was my favorite movie that came out this year. Okay. I would I would have to co-sign you on that. Yeah. See, like, dates are terrible for me. I literally thought that was, like, last year. No, it was this year. It was earlier. Okay. Earlier okay. this year. I'm going to bandwagon that. <laughs> let's let's go with Black Panther. I, that was a really good movie. Oh, it was excellent. Albums. Music. We don't talk about music a lot on the yeah. podcast. Um, and I love music. Cassie says she isn't as privy to kind of what's going on in music, which, mm-hmm. to be honest, it's not really a bad thing. Because um, unless you're finding more, I find, like, underground stuff or people that aren't really out there yet, yeah. the music quality out there isn't really what it used to be, right? Like, yeah. I'm a 90s... Me too. 90s kind of a girl, so it's hard to find music that matches up with that. But um, I'm really into, like, neo-soul type music as I am into like reggae music hip-hop trap like I kind of like it all mm-hmm. um but my favorite albums that came out this year would probably be Saturn by Nao N-A-O she's an amazing artist I believe she's from London okay. um and I've been listening to her music for a few years now and she just came out with this this album called Saturn and she has a song on there Make It Out Alive mm-hmm. featuring Sir his name is Sir and he kind of makes music similar to like Daniel Caesar, him, even her. Um, Mm. So, yeah, that album's amazing. Nail's amazing. She's coming to Toronto in January, and I will be there. (laughs) Okay, you guys. Nice. I have to check her out. She sounds really good. She's really good. Uh, Another album you guys should check out, or artists in general, is Jameson. uh, But he spells it J-M-S-N, all caps. Um, And it's this artist. It's funny, because I listened to him back in the day, and he had a completely different look. good music and then he kind of disappeared for a while and then he came back and he was like this artsy fartsy revamped guy that came into like you know just his self and his music is just riveting it's amazing um and he has an album out called velvet is it r&b it's like r&b it's like r&b a little genres are so weird nowadays yes it's very hard to categorize music now so it's a little tough but um he has a song called Real Thing and a song called Talk Is Cheap that's really good. He's also here in January, and I will be there <laughs> as well. Um, you got your lined, yeah. lined concerts here. I could go on and on about music, but I'll, I'll let you, I'll I let you know, tell me. I Like you said before, I'm not big on music. Listen, last year I discovered SZA, and I'm still bumping SZA. She's a good artist. She's amazing, and uh, I haven't found anything... like. I, I downloaded Cardi B's album. Okay. And it's really fun. It is a fun. She's fun. She's, She's fun. fun. It's a really fun album. She has amazing lyrics. Honestly, if you if you want to feel good about yourself, mm, pop those lyrics, man. Yeah. She, she has some really <laughs> good, catchy, and like even empowering lyrics. So I was like, that's a good... Uh, I thought it was a fun album. I wouldn't say it was my favorite album. No. I'm really picky about music, too. Um... But other than that, I wouldn't... I discovered her. She's a really good artist. She has a great song called Focus. 
I don't know if yes. you heard that one. Is it mm-hmm. in the last album? The one where it's like a beige background or like a lighted background? No. I'm not sure. It's kind of hard because she doesn't show her face. And I feel like her the album cover, they look similar, don't they? I think so. I don't remember. You see her now more often than before. But doesn't she cover her eyes? Not as not anymore. Okay, you can see her yeah, face you now? Can see her you see how now. I'm not with the times? Yeah. I didn't even know. But I kind of like that about her in a weird way. Me too. Way. I like, like the mystery. Yeah, the mystery and the music just kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. So I can appreciate that. She's a great artist. Lloyd. Do you remember Lloyd? Yeah, back from in like early ja and stuff? Yeah, like, no, 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 no. I, not the rapper Lloyd. Do you okay. remember Lloyd? And he goes, she's five two. Yeah. And he that's was, what wasn't he associated with ja Yeah, he was, he was with what? Murdering. Yeah, he was with the Shanti and all that stuff. Lloyd? Yeah. He has like silky yeah, hair. Yeah, he was a Lloyd? I'm going to regret the fact that I just sang that small part on this podcast. I just have to say that. But anyways, um, he came up with a new album. Really? Yeah, I know. And Is it good? Been, it's good. He has um, two songs on, on the album that I liked. It's called True. Mm-hmm. The album's called True. And the two songs are Excited. And the other one's called uh, Caramel. Yeah. And it has that like high school early 2000s r&b fun vibe to it that you do not hear music anymore okay so shout outs to lloyd for coming back and bringing back that that yeah like that real good like early 2000s like okay i'm gonna have a listen then you're you're gonna love it good music because i like that i usually listen to old school music because today's music just doesn't move me like that i don't even blame you yeah so i'll i'll have a listen to him good other than that what else was really good in 2018 you traveled to some yeah. really interesting places yeah and you know what even one of the books that i'm gonna mention in my memorable books of the year came from my trip to cuba so i went to cuba this summer and after i when i came back i discovered this group called ebe oh well yeah what am i saying ebe two cuban sisters who incorporate okay they're french so they're french cuban okay born in france but uh raised under the cuban heritage and they incorporate reggaeton yoruba music a little bit of hip-hop all of that together and that's their sound but really what made them really popular is the yoruba sound that they that they that they make that they sing on and um so when i was in cuba i was really surprised by centeria the yeah uh, yeah the voodoo yeah religion like the of it. white magic i guess people wouldn't call it black magic as much yeah well it's really considered a religion there and the way that people celebrated it i always i thought it was so beautiful how open-minded they were about it and that, like there was no shame like i'm haitian and voodoo is very hush hush so when i was in cuba and i saw that people were so open about it like it really I don't know, it, made, it really opened my heart about it. And then I came back and I discovered this group. And I love their music and I was listening to some of their interviews. And one of their songs is called No Man Is Big Enough For My Arms. Mm. And it's it comes from a book called Widow Basquiat. And Widow Basquiat is it's the memoir of the girlfriend of Basquiat, the, the artist right. Basquiat. And basically, she just says how they met and their relationship, what it was all about. And... It's a very tumultuous book because it was a very tumultuous relationship. <laughs> there's a lot of drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and there it's. I'm, I wouldn't say it's graphic, but I mean, yeah, they go into detail. So you're really like, wow, it's really not easy. But she really describes the art scene how it was back then. She even herself became an artist eventually. So super interesting book, memorable book. It will really stay in the back of well, it stay in the back of my mind um so here two in two in one so yeah one of my favorite albums <laughs> ebe and a memorable book widow basquiat there you go that's good and then you also coupled that with your trip that yeah. you went to cuba so that's awesome yeah you also yeah. went to africa i went to africa i bought two books from there i really wanted to buy books from senegalese authors but i haven't read them yet i'm excited to read them but um haven't touched them yet but yeah that trip was amazing but in in just like in a different way you know what i'll say this okay books are really good because when you read you can read about other countries other religions but after my trip to senegal i realized that 
a book still doesn't do it justice. Like, even though you read about, Uh like, a different country and how they live and their culture and and things like that, it's still very different than when you are in the country. 100%. Because now that's your experience, right? It's your lens. Yeah. So it's it's much richer. Exactly. When you actually taste the food, you know, when you actually hear them speak, when you actually see them interact and watch them dance and... How they how they link with each other, how they connect with each other. It's really different, and it's gonna impact you too. But I, of course, I'm gonna keep reading. Yes, <laughs> but it's just to say that combining the two makes for a whole different experience. So yeah, those were those were definitely big moments for my year. I had a big year. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you did have a really exciting year. Yeah, so. it was really fun. About to do it again in 2019. Yes. <laughs> Big things coming up. Yeah. Personally and for the podcast. So yeah. That'll be exciting. Yeah. Speaking of podcast, what other podcast do are you listening to and that was really like exciting for you in 2018? The first one I'll say is one called Cool Moms. Okay. It's hosted by Elise. Peterson and uh, her co-host I cannot remember her name I'm sorry but there it's hosted by two amazing women and what they do is they bring they're they're both new moms okay and they bring in a guest in every episode who is also either a new mom or a mom of many years and they just talk about the realities of motherhood like with no filter and it's amazing because they talk about the beautiful parts but they also talk about what freaking sucks yeah you know and the things that you don't expect and the emotional challenges you go through as a person while you are becoming a mother so i really appreciated that um they had some really cool guests in there and another one that i love and i know you love it too is amanda seals podcast she is awesome can never get enough you can't get enough of her like she's literally mastered the ability to Talk about a serious issue, be frank about it, yeah. 100% honest with her views on it, and somehow still be funny. And mm-hmm. like, you know, like she takes you on this roller coaster of like, I'm being super serious about this, but then here's a joke yes. to kind of like. She's a true comedian. Yeah, she's like shot chaser, shot mm-hmm. chaser. Like, she gives you a shot, but she'll give you a chaser. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, love I love that. her show. It's really I love her entertaining. Show. It's really entertaining. I was listening to um, a podcast recently. I only listened to one episode so far, mm-hmm. um, but I'll still mention it. It's called Podcast in Color, okay. and I think it's hosted by I don't I don't remember her name, um, but we'll tag tag her. Um, yeah. Podcast in Color, and it's hosted by a black woman, I believe. And the one episode I I was listening to was she had a guest on, which was another black woman that was talking about how do you podcast so like what are some tools that you use mm. um for your podcast or marketing your podcast okay. so it's like a podcast about podcasts mm-hmm. which i thought was like really interesting yeah. um and it was a really really good episode so i think i'm gonna dive into that okay a little bit more i'm gonna check it out too yeah it's really good and the read mm-hmm. have you ever listened to the read Mm-mm. oh my god it's hilarious really yeah the read is really refreshing so they talk a lot about like kind of pop culture and like what's kind of going on today um and it's really funny it's it's hosted by a girl and a guy mm-hmm. um i believe they're both yeah they're both black that believe the guy's gay mm-hmm. and the woman i think she's bisexual i don't remember their names i think his name is like fury or something like that but their dynamic together is just hilarious and they talk so openly i think because of their sexuality about okay. sex which i love okay like it's not like it's unadulterated Mm -hmm. like it's just Mm -hmm. raw and i love when people are honest like that so just his perspective her perspective and they just talk about what's happening today and then they have this thing where people call in or send them letters okay with the most ridiculous situation no way. and they give advice on it <laughs> oh my God. but like they're not professional like psychologists so they're just giving you like girl bye like that kind of advice and it's just like hilarious so the read is definitely a 20 that's good i'm gonna have to check it favorite. out uh, yeah, those good. are really good ones so let's dive into the books our favorite books of 2019 our favorite books of 2018 <laughs> you're already in the future <laughs> <laughs> right i'm already excited Okay, so mine, honestly, I had a lot of books. Did you? 
I had to be like cast top five, top five. So not all my faves are here, but even you know I try to put top five, but really I think I have six. I still you can squeeze help it in. I'm gonna squeeze in one. Okay. Do you want to start? Uh, yeah, mine will be super short. Anyways, so <laughs> my favorite that we reviewed on the podcast um, so far, because Cassie and I have read other books that we just haven't um, put out just those episodes yet, but that you guys are aware of would be How to Love a Jamaican. Mm. I love that. And I think I've said this a few times on the podcast. I'm like a lover of short stories. Yes. So I think that's what's drawing me. So I think naturally I'm going to be biased to whenever we read um, literature that comes in the form of like short stories. Mm-hmm. I'm going to always probably love it. Mm-hmm. So How to Love a Jamaican. I really, really like that book. And James Baldwin. Although it was a slow start for me, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. It finished strong. Yes. And I love that it finished but wasn't finished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how dramatic I am? Yeah, that was very that. dramatic. <laughs> very grade nine drama class. Yes. yes. But so, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So those are the two that I picked. But of course, you overachieved me on your list. My so. God. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down like, everything synopsis, what I liked about it. Like I went in, but I'm going to make it very brief because... Some of them, I... So, we share If Bale Street Could Talk. Yeah. James Baldwin. I, I agree with you. At first, it was a slow... It was it started off slow. Yeah. I know I put it like to the side. I was like, what the heck is this? But once you get into it, I loved it. Why did I love it? First of all, James Baldwin, his writing is just incomparable. I've never read anything like the way that this man writes and he takes you to emotional heights mm-hmm. another one i really liked was head of the Collie people That's by a really good book mm-hmm. nafisa thompson spirits it's a collection of stories on black identity in the contemporary middle class and quickly why i loved it i love the dark humor um i compare her to Deja Bell in terms of writing and the, the, her sense of humor because she talks about realities of black lives and sometimes some of them are a little bit extra. Yeah. Or side eye worthy. Yeah. But she with a dose of humor and it I it, it really rounds up well the stories and but she, she writes really well. She writes amazingly and more so more importantly is that even though none of the stories in the book is like a reflection of my life, I could still see myself in the stories I could still see myself or some parts of myself and some of the characters where I could relate or I could be like oh I know somebody like that and for me emotionally I really bonded over that and that was really important to me so that's why it made my list another one that I we talked about on the podcast is Freshwater it was like our first episode see this is where i i keep getting confused yeah for my dates come in because i'm thinking 2018 as in season two Mm -hmm. totally forgetting we started this whole thing yeah guys my brain anyways (laughs) y'all know i'm not good with dates now so freshwater was a very good one yeah i love freshwater uh for those who don't know it's the story about a young girl who develops multiple cells and the lines between her reality and her spirituality or surrealism they get blurred what i love about it is i love her voice she just you know because she has a very poetic prose she writes so beautifully i thought she had a really fresh voice the topic was not something i had read about before and in reading like interviews she's done and just the way that the issues that she's really passionate about it made me think about Igbo mythology right. and ancient African religions and our views and perceptions on them and how it has shifted from what they were before and our perception of them now, which is usually mainly negative. And it made me question why and what were they before? And I mean, that's an extensive research. So I'm still not done, but it opened my eyes to that. And I really, really appreciated that. You know what I liked about Freshwater? I liked that it was probably one of the only books I read this year that made me more curious about the author. Mm -hmm. Like, I really wanted to get to know her. And I researched and actually looked a lot into her. Like, before we do the podcast, oftentimes I'll always watch interviews or read different online articles about the author. But there was something about her 
in the book that made me really like I want to know her mm-hmm. and I think if your writing can entice people to want to get to know you because yes. a lot of times like people will disassociate the author with the work mm-hmm. it's like this is the body of work written by whoever and that person is kind of just like the name that's true but it, I wanted to know who are you not just the name attached to the book who are you yeah. and that doesn't happen often and I think that says something pretty profound about her writing style and yeah. the, the book she made she has a very strong voice yeah. and she has, she's very complex she has many layers and I like that it takes time to get to know her mm-hmm. even as an author even as the personality that she puts puts out in the front because a lot of authors they shy away they don't want to be in the spotlight but she's not she's like I'm going to be in the spotlight let me tell you about me <laughs> let me tell you about my truth and yeah. how it influences my work so yeah me too I agree with what you're saying I, I felt the same way about her I read a lot of her interviews she has yeah. a really interesting perspective on she things she does so, Sister Outsider by Audre Lorde is yeah. definitely one of my favorite books of the year. That's on my list. I've got to read that book. Yeah, it's a collection of her essays and interviews yeah. that she's done. And she touches on sexism, racism, homophobia, class, and how to use social differences as a vehicle for action and change. And the reason I picked it up is I wanted to know more about feminism. You know, we know uh, it's about equality for women and women's rights, but I wanted to have like a more in-depth, profound understanding of the theory and the components of the movement. So I picked it up and it was really not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. She goes in. Like, Ultra Lord leaves no one behind. You will leave scattered. She doesn't care if you're straight, if you're white, if you're a man or a woman. She doesn't give up. Doesn't give a fuck. She's coming for everybody. Ah, do I have another one? Okay, so I have one more that I'll talk about. And the other one is more of a memorable one. So, it's a book written by Madeline Miller. It's called Sears. And it's set in the Greek mythology background. Love Greek mythology. Oh, you're going to love this book. Yeah. It's pretty thick, but I ate this book. It was so good. So, Sears is the daughter of Zeus, and she doesn't quite fit in with the rest of her family and friends. One day, she does something. Her father banishes her to a deserted island where she hones in on her occult craft and meets many famous figures, including Odysseus. Is that how you pronounce it? In French, it's l'Odyssée. Listen, everybody knows about my French, okay? In French, it's l'Odyssée. I've always known it as l'Odyssée. So I think everyone will give a pass on the mythology name. Please. Uh, thank uh, you very much. Uh, even okay. for us, like, first language English people. So don't worry about that. So the prose on this book is amazing. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Like, she writes exquisitely. It's just... Page after page, it's just like beauty. Even in the bad parts, it's like, but you write it so beautifully. And the development of the story is amazing. The character development is done. It's just fantastic. And the the emotions depicted and just the storytelling skills, I find. Madeline Miller, you have a fan in me. I posted it on Instagram and a lot of people recommended another book that she also wrote set in the Greek mythology. Um... I forgot the name, but I, I do plan on buying it and starting the ne- next year with it just to see if it measures up to that one. It's hard sometimes when you do that, right? It's like the sequel to a movie. Mm-hmm. Never That's why I'm like the original. I want to, but I don't want to. Because like, what if I'm disappointed? But I doubt it. Yeah. I was like, hey, I will. And the last one is Deepak Chopra. Have you ever, ever read him? No. No. I've never read him before either. Yeah. But he's... We all know who Deepak Chopra mm-hmm. is. And uh, I think I was watching Amory's channel. You know the singer? Yeah. She has a YouTube channel. She does? Mm-hmm. She's, I haven't heard of her in forever. Yeah, she actually just came out with two albums. Like, last month. You're right. Okay. Yeah. She did come out with... New, I haven't listened to any of that, though. Yeah, so she just came out with two new albums. And she has a YouTube channel, which is on books. I didn't okay. know she was big on book, but she's huge on books. And she recommended that book. Um, she had a list of nonfiction reads she recommends, and that was one of them. So I picked it up. Uh, I think she even said something about it changing her life. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pick it up. It's what I like about it is that it's nonfiction and it's technically a self help book, but it's really thin. 
And I like that because a lot of times self-help books go, I always feel like there's 150 pages too long. Like it could have been edited down. But this one is really slim. And what this tells you, it tells you it goes straight to the point, which I liked. So the seven spiritual laws of success is basically it's a guide to seven simple yet powerful principles that can easily be applied to create success in all areas of your life. And um, I remember two things from it. The one one is that it really helped me save a lot of energy, basically because he has a chapter on detachment, the law of detachment, and how okay, I'm the one, I'm the type of person that can get sucked in into arguments and debates because right. I feel passionate about so many things, things, but it's actually a waste of energy. It is, especially if you're arguing back and forth, and no one is either. I'm not buying your point. I'm not getting into it. You're not getting into mine. We're just like. At that point, it's our ego trying yeah. to make a point. No one's really listening. Everyone's just kind of responding. Yes. Yeah. So I've learned to... I'll say my point. I'll hear you out. If clarification is needed, I will provide that. And after that, I will keep my peace and move on. That's really big. Like, for yeah. me, because I get into debates very easily, that was a shift for me. And I could see how you leave less depleted you know you're not as like tired exhausted and drained yes so i really like that about him he has another chapter about how your emotions are a choice so basically when somebody compliments you you make the choice to accept the compliment or to reject it right when somebody do you wrong you actually make the choice to be affected and hurt or be like "Mm, i don't care but that's, that's the thing it's the choice part you know, sometimes we we have reactions that are really natural to us, but in the nitty gritty, it's actually a choice. Even yep. though it's a super natural emotion reaction to some things, you can still you still have the choice to be like, okay, you know what? This could have vexed me, but I know my truth and I know who I am and I know what my intentions were in that moment. Therefore, whatever you're trying to declare over my life is not gonna affect me. Right. So I really like that about the book. So he talks about seven major things, but these are two things that I really, that stuck with me. And I do think it's a book that you have to read a few times. A lot of self-help books are kind of like that though, because like there's work that goes behind the reading. Mm -hmm. So it's not just to read once and then you put it down. It's a practice. Yeah. Um, And to build off of what you're saying, I guess a book that I've read or his books are John Kehoe. He's actually a Canadian, and he does a lot of self-help, talks about the law of attraction, and I did a four-week program of his. But I think what I liked about him, and similar to the book you're talking about, is that it wasn't this, like, fluffy, you know, law of attraction kind of... Because it's, it's in right now, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like that. It was, like, actual, real-life tools. Like, no, legit practice mm-hmm. this particular thing, and it will help curve certain behaviors and things like that so Mm. to build off of what you're saying i would say john kehoe okay his books are really good and we can even do an episode one day about like self-help and stuff like that he's Mm -hmm. he's a major like heavy hitter Mm -hmm. in that genre and uh his program is really good and and what he what he preaches and practices himself is it's very useful for everyday life okay good nice now i have another book recommendation yeah In memorable books. You know what I will say is like there's two that I'll that I'll mention. Memorable, just because of the word memorable, I'm gonna throw in our Robert Munch episode. Because mm-hmm. that is memorable, right? Yes. For me yeah. and growing up and um just like supporting his work. And it's funny because after we did that episode, I had so many people mm-hmm. contact me and I know people even had messaged you about like picking up that book. Yeah. Um love you forever yeah. and stuff like that so that's a, that's a, a memorable for me but i would say another memorable book would be motherhood mm, which is interesting mm-hmm. because <laughs> i it was a it was a philosophical book yeah right and a part of that made the book a little bit exhausting Mm-hmm. but I I appreciated it after. It's weird. Like, while I was reading it, and even, like, kind of right after, it was like, wow, that was a lot. But then after having the conversation we had about motherhood and surrounding the book, and now when I talk about motherhood, 
I totally get it. Yeah. Like, I totally get it because the back and forth that you feel in the book, that exhaustion is literally what you feel every day Mm -hmm. as a woman in their, in her Mm thirties. So I got it. It like clicked for me. And it's funny because one of my favorite things in the book, and I think we discussed it was, um, talking about legacy being a form of art being a form of legacy and amanda seals on her podcast actually spoke about that yes she did she did did. and the fact that being a creative is actually one of the most profound things you can do because you're actually creating life yeah um in a different way and it was just like oh my god motherhood sheila got it okay cool so that's definitely a memorable book and of course lucky man so I think one of the things that I really, really appreciate about the podcast is two things. So one thing I'll finish with motherhood and the other thing we'll segue into a lucky man is how the books that we've read this year really like, I don't know about you, but it really made me do an introspection oh, for sure. about my, my views on certain things, question my views on certain yeah. things dig deep you know if my answer was no to certain things why if my answer was yes it was why where did it all come from where was the source behind the way that I thought about certain things and I was really challenged I really had to challenge myself and I'm happy that I did because it brought on more answers more definitive concrete answers where I feel confident and the other thing to segue into Lackman because it it is also a one of my a, a memorable book for me is I don't know if this is going to sound ignorant, okay? But I had never really looked at men as multifaceted beings. Really? Oftentimes, men will be like, I only want to eat, watch sports, have sex, and go to work. Right? Even them, they will present themselves into very simple categories and be done with you. Reading a lucky man... I was like, wow, men are as complex as 100%. women. They have a hundred faces. Not all of them. Some of, some people are just really, really simple and that's fine too. But I had never thought of, yeah, to be honest, I never thought of looking at men as multifaceted. I always thought about women being multifaceted. That really challenged that, but in a beautiful way. Yeah. And it made me also think you know, if you're going to meet a multifaceted being, it's going to take time to get to know them. After time, when you meet somebody new, you want to know everything about About them them, today, right now. And if they don't tell you everything, they're keeping things away from you, you feel left out. Or, you know, if you find out things like a year later, you might feel cheated. But we shouldn't take it like that. You will discover things every day. And it's, and it's, a matter of it's like a it's not linear mm-hmm. it's circular you know yeah because even in that year where you're discovering more about the more things about them are changing because you're constantly yes. changing yeah so it's the circular motion of like who am i today mm-hmm. you know what i mean i think there are core values that people have mm-hmm. that you can look at someone and be like oh yeah she's like this yeah he's like this for the most part but who I'm going to be in the next five years, who I was five years ago, are two completely different people. Yeah. Or, uh, and uh, the the values and the personality traits that I do have, although they may have been there before and they will be there in the future, how they're presented to people or how people experience them can be very different. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can have different, you know, ideas of the kind of person that you are. So I think when you're in a relationship, and especially as a woman when we're dealing with men, we have to constantly remember that they're also maturing and growing and we're maturing and growing. That book made me think about that. You know what? Lucky man, it made me think about toxic masculinity a lot. And that's a conversation that's kind of been buzzing around um, in the last little bit. Like a lot of podcasts that I'm listening to talk about it too. And you see it a lot now. And reading stories of just average men and what they're dealing with and how they kind of maneuver through life. It's just, I don't know, it's just brought about me observing men differently. Okay. Um, And I think sometimes the way we think about toxic masculinity is very, like, in your face. But it's kind of made me think about the subtle ways that we experience toxic masculinity. And one thing that I, like, an epiphany I had in 2018 um, 
after reading the book and really starting to think about how I think about men is, okay, so women often say they want a guy who is sensitive and in touch with his feelings. And I never used to know how I felt about that. I didn't know how to articulate what it is, the feeling that I had towards my reservation with that. But it came to me. Mm -hmm. And I think what it is, is we have to be careful what we wish for because a man that's sensitive and in touch with his feelings that lacks empathy is toxic. That to me is toxic. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because empathy is your ability to feel for others. So Mm -hmm. he can only be sensitive to your own self, to his own self, to what he's feeling, but is never extending that to his partner. Yeah you'll end up being in a bind where you're like, okay, this man is really sensitive, but it's not extended to my sensitivity. Yeah. And but that can doesn't, be... Doesn't that make him narcissist? Would you say a narcissistic man is sensitive? Or is yes. he... <laughs> yes. They're very sensitive. They're very sensitive. They seek validation in others a lot. So people's opinion of them is very important to them. That's why they... They, they have an appearance. They have a facade, right? But they don't care about you. They only care about that's how true. they're feeling. So I guess that's what it is. A man who is overly sensitive and in touch with his emotions but lacks empathy is a narcissist. So I don't know. I, I just started thinking about a lot of, like, when we say what we look for in men. Yeah. What does that really mean when you're saying that? Like, really think about what you put into the universe that you want from somebody. Cause, and also because mm-hmm. if you if you... If you do meet a man that's sensitive, do you know how to handle that? And how does sensitivity translate? Like, it's just so big. Like, mm-hmm. abusive men can be very yes. sensitive. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, actually, most men that are abusive are sensitive. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> that they're too sensitive, yeah, right? They're Everything bothers them. Yeah. So, yeah, it, like, basically, to tie it back mm-hmm. into Lucky Man is that it just made me start thinking about men and thinking about the things that we want out of men what really is it that we're saying and learning how to articulate those things yeah better yeah so that's a good point yeah yeah i think we gotta stop saying that men are so simple they're not they're oh my god they're so complex and you oh my god you know another thing that i'm realizing Mm -hmm. men do communicate and women say men don't communicate that's Mm -hmm. not true Mm -hmm. men just communicate differently and sometimes we don't want to hear them Sometimes a lack of his communication is him screaming out to you what it is that he's trying to say. So I always find it interesting um, when women, we have discussions about men and we're so quick to be like, oh, he doesn't communicate or I asked him this and he didn't say that. Sis, that's the answer. He Mm -hmm. didn't answer. Mm -hmm. That's a no. (laughs) You know what I mean? We we have to broaden our views on what communication is and how we receive it. Are we... You know, are we actually listening and is it that we're just conditioned to think communication is one way and if it doesn't fit that mold of what communication is to us then then it's not communication right. so in that way i do think that we have to broaden our our perspective on that and it's like simple ways to like like in language right i'll give you guys like a personal experience like so my boyfriend mm-hmm. he's really sweet especially when it comes to like aesthetics like women aesthetics like me looking nice me having my hair done because he knows that i'm into that so because i'm into that he's like okay cool like i guess we're into that (laughs) so he's one of the few men that i know that are even into like nail polish colors and stuff like that so it's kind of fun like i'll discuss like before i go to the salon like oh what color do you like or what do you like and we talk right so i went to the salon and i got my nails done right and i got them done this like more dark kind of burgundy color different than what i've been doing and i came home and uh he was like smiling and he looked at me he's like oh your nails look nice i'm like thanks and then he said um he's like what you don't like it like he asked me if i didn't like it Mm -hmm. so i was like no i do like it and he's like okay and then i was thinking i'm like that's his way of letting me know that he doesn't like the color oh my god (laughs) that's his way of communicating and it's funny because as a woman sometimes you would be like well if he doesn't like the color why doesn't he just say it but this is how he communicates because he doesn't want to hurt my feelings he knows that i like the but him asking me that was his way of, of letting me know it's not his favorite color that he's seen me do on my hands right so Oh, I thought about it. I was laughing. I'm like, that was so cute. Like, 
I would have completely missed, missed it. Missed that, right? I would have completely See? missed it. But that's his way of communicating. Okay, this color isn't my favorite out of the bunch. Oh my yeah. gosh. So men are interesting right. and they, they communicate very differently. Wow. Yeah. He's a sweetheart. That was hilarious, but it was, it was cute. He didn't want to yeah. hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. But that was him communicating. <laughs> okay, but it's good that you caught that. Yeah. It was good. Like, okay. It takes time. It takes time <laughs> you knowing the person so that you can catch those little phrases and be like, oh, that's what he means. means. <laughs> that's where he's coming from. So. Wow. I would have totally missed that. I'm like, I'm a direct person. If you don't tell me, you won't know. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. So we had asked you guys to send us some questions and um, we got a few. But there was one question that was just, it's so heavy that I think we're probably going to focus on that question because it was so good okay and it was the question someone had reggie asked us yes Reggie. Um, what books are we looking forward to that are coming out in 2019 yes and i already wanted to discuss that anyways so when he um brought that up i was like <laughs> i'm glad that you guys want to know that yes so. so what are the books that you're looking forward to okay do you want to go back and forth i do one you do one. yeah yeah okay yeah so, one of the first books that I am super excited about and I'm looking forward to is a book called Queenie. Uh, it comes out in March. Me too. Is that one of yours? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. And it's her debut novel. The author's name is Candice Cardi-Williams. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's like, the way that it's described is like Bridget Jones meets Americana. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really excited about Queenie, the the main character. So mm-hmm. it's named after her, Jenkins. She's 25-year-old uh, Jamaican-British woman living in London. And it's about how she's kind of experiencing both cultures, being Jamaican mm-hmm. and then also being English. Yeah. And not really fitting into either sphere um, the best and just her everyday struggles as a modern woman kind of going through the motions and I'm so excited to, to I read love that the cover book. the cover is gorgeous the cover the gorgeous. art is amazing yes so that other than the book I'm sure being great that's going to be a great piece of art to put in yes. put on a bookshelf yes um Candice Cardi Williams she's actually a senior marketing executive at Vintage uh, and she's she's done a lot of things, and she celebrates Black, Asian, and a lot of other minority and ethnic writers. Okay. Um, and yeah, her pieces are you know shared globally, and she talks a lot about blackness and sexuality. And this is her first novel, so exciting! I'm here to support you, girl. I I'm, I can't see what you do with this. It seems like it's going to be really interesting. Yes, I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah. And we have to mention that these books were sent to us by Simon and Schuster. So yeah. thank you for sending yes. us through. These are ARC copies. These books are going to come out in 2019. So you guys know that I'm into thrillers. Mm-hmm. I love that. And there's one called The Homecoming. Mm. And what I like about this book is that it's by a, a, a author. His name is Andrew Piper. Okay. And he's also a Canadian, I believe. And basically the storyline is a father passes away and his family has to go to like their cottage estate or something like that where his uh, will is being read. But there's like a twist. So once the will is then read, they find out that they have to stay in the house and they cannot leave the premises for the next however long it is. Like maybe it's a week or 24 hours or something like that. So in order for for them to get the inheritance that was read mm-hmm. to them from the will, mm-hmm. they have to stay together in this in this home, yeah. in the woods, in the middle of nowhere for okay. an extended period of time. And through that stay, they learn a lot of like dark family secrets and things start coming to the surface as to why he even wanted everyone in the same place at the same time. And it just like is like this dark, twisty, turny kind of a story. Okay. I'm so excited. I'm into everything <laughs> thriller. I love it. It's chilling. It's mystery. You know, and what I liked about it is that the description talks about how our memories can define and betray us. Right. So some of the characters start to remember things from their childhood and they start piecing together this puzzle 
and they all kind of experience mm-hmm. it together mm-hmm. and it's just like wow that's gonna be such a like one thing about thrillers and like mystery i find is very complex themes because 15 million things will be happening at one time yeah and you have to kind of hold them in different compartments in your mind in order to get the full picture and then you're like aha at the very last page um so i'm excited to see how how that plays out so wow that sounds really good homecoming the homecoming yeah who's the author andrew piper okay I also have a thriller on my list. Do you? It's called Looker by Laura <gasps> Sims. That one's on mine too. Really? It is. That was my... Th- I was going to have like 15 books, but I picked three and that's my third one that I was going to Okay, good. That's hilarious. I don't know. I don't have too many details on it. Do you have like a good synopsis? I do. Okay. So, um, The Looker is basically about a woman who lives on a street. She lives a very mundane life, single woman. I don't think she really has like too much kind of going on in her life. Mm-hmm. And on her same block, I believe they're in New York because she mentions that they live in Brownstones. Okay. Um, there's a famous actress that lives on her street. And the actress has this thriving life, right? So the actress is married with three beautiful kids. She's on the billboards. And every time this woman goes to work, she sees this actress, like, you know, her face on the, the side of the, the bus. Yeah. And, um, you know, she kind of watches her life a little bit, maybe lives vicariously through her, kind of wondering. And then there's a block party where they actually have an encounter. Mm-hmm. And whatever that encounter is, it it I think it's disastrous. I don't think it's a good encounter they have. Okay. And the woman's, I guess, innocent um, interest in her neighbor, that's the actress, then turns into obsession. Mm-hmm. And then I think the book starts to get a little bit dark and she becomes a little crazy. Okay. So, yes, that sounds like a really good book. I am really interested in, in reading it. But here's the thing about me and thrillers. I do well in the first 50 pages. Okay? <laughs> After that, I go at the end of the book and I read what the heck happens and then from there I judge whether I want to continue reading or not but I need to know what happened the only book that I really like I really held on for as long as I could which is like at least 75% of the book is The Girl on the Train have you read The Girl on the Train? I watched the movie you know I did yeah (laughs) of course you did but I read the book and honestly I I read it in one day I could not put it down and like not halfway through like I'll give myself some credit I pushed a long time before being like I can't take this anymore and then I looked at the end and I was like okay okay okay, gotta find out why so then I go back and I finish the book I could never I know I think you told me that oh my god I cannot believe you ruined the book (laughs) For yourself. I wouldn't say it's ruined. I feel like it, oh, it entices me to finish the book even more. Because me not knowing kills me. It kills me. So I'm That's like, what drives me to read it faster. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. But I understand. Because just like I said earlier, I under, like, you know, it's a lot of these complex little things. And you're like, how does that relate to that? Who cares yeah. about who's this person and you can't but, really... Okay, have you ever noticed that it's always the person you least expect? That's the bad person in the book? Yes and no. Okay. Sometimes. The girl on the train? I was shocked. That's a good... I should read the book. I wonder if oh I would have a different God. experience. You, you would have never thought. That's why when I it's went to the movie, ending... Though. I didn't see the... Well, you, you, you know watch the movie. I didn't see the movie. <laughs> I saw the ad. I was like, yeah, good for you. But I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't watch it. But even... I can't think of books like right off the top of my head right now. But I know growing up when I would read books centered around an investigation okay i see what you're saying so even those i used to read a lot of that i used to read a lot i read a lot of agatha christie yeah so she's it's i don't know if it's thriller if it's just it's more like detective work or like trying to find the what really happened and and same thing like i learned that it's always the person you would least expect that's the bad guy in the book but maybe yeah. if uh, on this one for Looker, it, it kind of tells you from the onset that she develops an obsession. and But, like, what if it's, like, this is where, like, my spidey sense is kicking. What if it's, like, some complete, utter, like, mind warp? And at the end of it, it's really, like, the actress mm-hmm. is, What like, if they're twins? 
lost at birth and that's why she feels such an inclination to her and then it's revealed that when they were born there was something happened and like some experience a terrible trauma and she forgot and the other one knows i don't know (laughs) what if the irony is that the looker is actually the actress because she likes the idea of having a private life no one cares like what if they're both looking at each other yeah and then it would be profound because that's what we do in society every day Everyone wants what other people... So we pretty much just reviewed the book, guys. Uh, even though we didn't read it. So, yeah. That's it. We're going to know what happens. <laughs> we know what happens. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. We just reviewed it for you. We already know. Take our word for it. Mystery that's solved. Weird. See, this is oh, why I love books crazy. and reading. Yeah. It just makes your mind, like, go, your imagination just yeah. goes everywhere. You go into a million directions. Oh, for sure. Has that ever happened to you where you're reading a book and you're like, oh, I know for sure where this is going. And then it's like, oh, there? Oh, we're there. Okay. <laughs> All right. I like it. Like, but those are good books. Those are good books. I find that if I'm reading a book and I'm like, oh, that's what's going to happen. And that's what's going to happen. Then I'm disappointed. Fair enough. True. For me. Because you want to be You want to be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. some books are really predictable. That's true. You know, I'm thinking about little fires everywhere, but it's not, it wasn't a thriller. It was just a, it wasn't a thriller. Maybe if it's a thriller, it's on the really light end of the thriller. Mm-hmm. But it, it is that we, it's like this woman and a daughter comes into town and we don't know where they come from. We don't know what they're doing. Um, and uh, they, they rent a house and the, the, the person, the owners of the house are, they're rich neighbors. They have everything going on for themselves. They're like, the wife is like a wasp. She's really like perfect and has everything in order. Their kids are all perfect. And um, something happens. And uh, that, that, that woman who just moved there with her daughter gets involved. And so their wealthy wife is like, who are you? And so we, it's this journey of finding out who they are and how, they're, how the pieces are linked together. And I didn't go to the ending of that. I read it through. I read it in one day. So that tells you that I was really into it. You're really into it. It's a small book, I'm assuming. It's maybe it's 200 pages. Okay. And um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't qualify it as a thriller. But it's if it is, it's a really it's more of a mystery, mysterious plot. Okay. But it's really really good. I definitely I you already know me. If it's a thriller, I'm. There was another book called Genesis Begins Again. Yeah. We, yes, I do have it too. Um, this book, I think it, it follows a little girl's life. And uh, her and her mother, I believe her father is not really in the picture. But the main point, at least that is in the synopsis of the book, is how she deals with colorism. Mm-hmm. She's a dark-skinned little girl. And mm-hmm. how she deals with the world around her. And having to deal with, you know, the prejudice that she feels from her complexion and not feeling beautiful yeah um and that's just it's so real because that is something that happens a lot and that you know people are facing every day from all sorts of races yeah it's not colorism is not exclusive to race and i think that's a distinction i I like to make a lot Mm -hmm. um colorism just has to do with mere complexion so in any culture being darker is usually affiliated with being unattractive Mm -hmm. while being lighter is affiliated with being attractive yeah. so it's just her life in um dealing with colorism as a little girl and i it's interesting oh it's, so. it's very it's it's a colorful conversation can you can you guys just take this in right now we're having these full conversations about books we haven't even read yet I know. Like, I know. can you imagine when we actually read them, read them and have an episode about it They're gonna, it's gonna deep. be awesome <laughs> So yes. we're very excited about those books. Like yeah. I think we just we just increased our level of excitement <laughs> for them. So I really hope that they're just as good as we want them yes. to be. And we want you guys to, you know, a lot of times you guys aren't really privy to the books that we're going to read before we air an episode all the time. Maybe just a week in advance or less than that. Yeah. But now you guys know what we're reading. Yes. And these books don't come out until spring 2019. So you have ample time to grab these books. They will be tagged. Read along with us. Be a part of the conversation. Engage. Comment. Send us questions now that you know that we're going to be reading. Mm -hmm. You know, if you read something in one of the books that you liked or you questioned or you didn't like, we can actually talk about it with you guys. So 
I hope to hear from you guys in regards to our 2019 list. Joining in the conversation, the hot debates. Yep. Have an amazing, safe holiday. Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Yes. Are there any more? I don't want to leave anyone out, but those are the only the main three I can think of. If we're leaving anyone else, just know we wish you a happy, happy holiday. holiday. <laughs> Such a Canadian thing to I say. Know. And we'll see you next year. Ciao.